and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast in English, covering everything there is to know about Eintracht Frankfurt. But the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, we'll prove it again, and the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show at HEF Pod. You can also follow the show on Facebook, like our Facebook group there, all sorts of uh, content that we throw down there, new episodes and English content. That is facebook.com slash HEF Pod. You can also email the podcast, as some people do from time to time. That is Frankfurt at yahoo.com. So, it's never. It's never fun to podcast alone. They always say that you golf with your friends, so you podcast with your friends. And so, as for always, Nathan in St. Louis. Hey, Brian. What's happening? Well, apparently both of our hockey teams are kind of in the slump uh, beyond just having a little bit of a slump. (laughs) But hey, you know what? There you go. There you go. Roman in San Francisco. What's up? How's it going? San Francisco calling. Wow. Little, little muted, uh, int- uh, little <laughs> muted kind of introduction by yourself there, old buddy, old pal. What do you mean? I should be good. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? No, Deutsche Pokasi. Ah, yeah. yeah, I thought about that. I was like, okay, you know, got it. I'll, I'll, I'll bust it out at some other time, but it'll, it'll come eventually. <laughs> I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Fun times, or not so fun times, it depends on the way that you look at it for the Eintracht. So, let's get to it. Uh, Eintracht played Totspiel versus Hertha Berlin. So, Eintracht Frankfurt. No. <laughs> no. Hertha. No. Danke. Bitte. Bitte. <laughs> Well, Paul Dardai, well, uh, Grulik, and we'll have a little uh, extra podcast segment dissecting the match and everything that is Hertha Berlin with uh, Talking Fußball's own Matt Herman and just a little bit. But uh, is it just me or did we just look flat and this happens when we play Hertha? We look disinterested. Yeah. We looked. Did we look like, tired uh, a little bit too? Are we not rotating yeah. enough? I know Hasebe is old. I think that is, could be a question. Hasebe is older than any of us here, and you know he's got a little bit older legs. Yeah. No, I think it's. Yeah. Uh, it's I think they a little bit maybe they fixed. Uh, they 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 cracked our our code, so to say. Right. I mean, I don't want to be mm-hmm. that bad that now uh, we're. But I think we. We were a little bit too slow at the last, at the finish, you know, like we weren't as quick and as powerful and strong. And uh, yeah, and they already started to disturb us early. So they were really attacking Hasebe uh, um, uh, at, at an early stage. So they couldn't really develop the way we would, we are used to seeing it now, right? And also like Da Costa, he wasn't really being able to run the flanks. So, uh, yeah, so they didn't really feed mm-hmm. the Buffaloes, um, in my opinion, uh, the way we've seen it before. So it was a little bit uh, different. And then Hatta played a very, uh, very annoying ball, you know, like disturbing early stage our game, you know, not really uh, letting us flow uh, with like little fouls. I would almost take that as a compliment because they always play that against 
the quote big teams, and then they get a little bit more expensive against the weaker yep. teams. So the fact mm-hmm. that they now look at us as you know the big fish, the big cheese, I guess it's at least you get respect. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, <laughs> I'm trying to put some silver lining on this, folks. Know. Well. Trying it is, it is a little different from uh, how they played with us in the past. I will stay away from VAR this week because uh, more than a few of you think that I don't know what I'm talking about, but just saying. Uh, <laughs> I think there's more than a few people that would also agree with oh, yeah. you, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, I guess as the world is, you can't make everybody happy. You know, sometimes you just are on top of the world, you can't do anything wrong. Other times, well, ugh. <laughs> yep. I like a better phrase. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think we're going to have to talk about that moment at some point, mm-hmm. um, whether or not you want to, so it might just be Roman <laughs> and I bitching about it. But <laughs> um, Okay, so who is the bright spot this week? Who, who was who? the bright spot this week? I mean... Some of the, tell me something that will make me bright and uh, happy and cheerful, like as though I just stuck my feet okay. in some fluffy, uh, just some fluffy pink slippers, and are just kicking it on the couch. Gotta, I mean, I I would immediately point to this is pretty low on. I mean, there's not much to to sing highly about this week, but. Um, uh, Yetro Will- Willems coming in and um, playing a different role than he normally does. Well, slightly different. I playing think playing through the middle, not yeah. his normal forte that he's ever been known for at PSV Eindhoven or even in Holland. Yeah, but I I think he's capable of doing that, and it might be one of those answers as to what Roman was talking about with uh our team looking flat, maybe being figured out by the other teams. Um. We when he came in, we started to have a little bit of a different presence um, with Gacinovich as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that was for me <laughs> the the shining spot of this game. Well, let's put it this way, boys. Uh, at the end of the day, Hertha Berlin, when they do play at home, they have dropped like almost zero points all season long, and. You know, fact of the matter is, as my dog seems to be dry, be driven a little crazy. In the <laughs> Playing drums back there. God, or she. Oh no, 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 no! She sees an ant, and the ant is probably saying, "I support Papa." <laughs> just kind of running around, and she's like, "No, let me get at you. I want to. I want to eat you." Well, you know, good Eintracht Frankfurt fan who is not going to put up with any shenanigans from anyone from Berlin, but uh, yeah, uh, that happened. 1-0 loss. At the end of the day, I have to say that uh, Gruziak, who played in the middle for them, was quite interesting and it made me kind of wonder, uh, just a tiny bit, uh, who we have as a long-term plan to replace Fernandez in the middle of the pitch as he's getting a little up there in years. I'd like to see a little bit of squad rotation when it does come to us playing against Lazio, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Boys, let's try. Let's let's try and close thoughts on this because I think we'll just be stuck down that rabbit hole for eternity. 
<laughs> well, that's a lot of humming and hawing. Yeah. I'll take that as that. Okay, let's go down to the VAR yeah. then. If you want to get, if you want to get stuck in on a big refereeing decision that could have meant that Eintracht had the opportunity to level the scoreline, we can. No, I mean, like, like let's let's we can speak a little bit first to the game, right? But I mean, like, I don't. Like, was it just not luck? I don't think they were tired, first of all. So your first uh, kind of guess, you know, like, did we not rotate enough? Like, they had a whole week to recover, you know? They should be able to, to do that. And it's not, I didn't really see them, like, not, you know, uh, like, you know, cramping up or something, right? So, yeah, that, uh, this, that would have been the the argument for last week's yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. loss. So this week, they had a full week to uh, prepare for the game, to get ready, beat Hertha, go home, you know, like a uh, nice evening match, you know, like really annoying. We were, we were a big crowd actually at the pub, so that was kind of nice um, watching the game. We were actually bigger than the Dortmund yeah. crowd, which is um, very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for fairness, that weekend. they had their 6.30 <laughs> no match. We only had 9.30 uh, a.m., right? So, uh, but our 9, 9.30 a.m. crowd was bigger than the 6.30 Dortmund crowd. Um, uh, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, there's, is, was that an accident? That's the big question, right? Because you didn't like, and what I, what, what I thought was I was a little bit lacking was like an idea, uh, to break the, the thing. And I was like, in the 70s, 80s minute, 70s minute, I was like, okay, now, Adi Hütter, what are you going to do? Apparently, this is not working. Whatever you're planning, it's not working. Now do something, right? I'm not even saying that I, I know which, what he should have done, but this was the only thing where I was like, okay, now you got to do something because whatever, it's not working. Um, and what they tried didn't really work, right? So that's where I'm the only, where I'm a little bit downer, you know, that um, it, it could have been fairly easy to, sh it should, like for our forward team, for our strikers, it should be possible to score at once, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. I thought either, either Hertha played brilliantly like to to beat us or um we 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 it wasn't our day you know so it's the second loss in a row though so that doesn't make me too happy um yeah no. i don't know it's, i don't even know what to say it's just a, a, sh a shitty uh a, a shitty result yeah. in, a, in, a, in a shitty game you know and and the, other, the question is uh, are we heading towards a little crisis with leverkusen coming up or uh, was that just a little um, accident? I mean, still fifth, right? But um, coulda, shoulda, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. I think, you know, luck has to do with it a little bit. You know, yeah. ball's not going one way or the other. But, yeah, it comes down to just not finishing. Just as it always yeah. does, you know, if it, if you if you have the people in place, yeah, they should be finished. I do not want to blame uh, the VAR, right? So um, yes, uh, we, we can say we could have we could have won if we, or we could have drawn or whatever, but the game wasn't on the edge for that, right? So um, do you know what I'm trying to say? So that, yeah, that wasn't the the reason for us losing. Yeah, or it shouldn't be. Well, that all being said, boys, let's think about it this way. 
Would we have taken uh, one point? Yes, but at the end of the day, we were we weren't good. We didn't perform. And in closing, golly, it sounds like as though I'm trying to read off like <laughs> someone's mortuary report or something right out of the newspaper. <laughs> but okay, VAR. I will I will abstain from commenting on it because some people did not like it. Some people did uh, this week. Uh, thoughts? Did VAR not being used? Was that the right call? I I say no. Like that should have been definitely reviewed. You know. So here's the thing that I don't. I, I mean, I this is for me. This is not a discussion pro or against VAR, right? So there can be mistakes in VAR in general. Um, yes. And and right now Germany is in this weird phase where the VAR is trying to do the least, the minimum possible thing because they're just like too scared from the times where there were all the time all these VAR calls and now they're trying to uh, minimize every VAR call as possible. But I mean, that's just what it is. What they need to get is some communication of the game. They should say why or why not. It's this black box what frustrates me, you know, that you don't know what's happening and nobody ever comes out and justifies what they're doing, you know, and that what really bugs me. It's this black box where you're like, like uh, the, the, the the black box referee or the cologne referee, you know, like we, we don't mm-hmm. see what they're doing, you know, and that's what annoys me. You know, they should at least come out with a statement and saying, we did not decide for a VAR in that scene because of X, Y, Z, right? And that would be already enough, you know, I yeah. could work with this. And then we could debate like this and that. It's the same with a, um, with a, with a handball by, um, uh, um, uh, against the Wolfsburg match, right? The same thing. Like we're like, that's what the fucking VAR is for, you know. If that's like a weird scene, play it over, show it to the rev, and then have the rev decide: is that a handball or not? Is that a, is that a foul or not? You know, what is this now that the VAR doesn't do anything, right? So that's kind of what I think is weird about this thing, you know. That like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. So that's. You're thinking a little bit of the Schalke Dortmund match where they actually brought back everything, you know, and that was the penalty that then leveled things a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So it's <sighs> yeah, but I still feel like that is the exception to yeah. the rule. Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't you shouldn't be changing the way you use a system based on you know one thing that you know deviated from the, from yeah, the exactly. standard. I agree, I agree with that. Yeah. So that being said. Uh, so ideas for change, and we can run through this real quickly. Var, <laughs> you didn't help us out this week, but hey, maybe you'll help us out next week. Uh, well, we can only find out. Uh, do we like the idea that if you were in the stadium, that you basically had the referee then come out and almost do an NFL or you know NHL? Because hey, at the at the hockey, you know they'll review X, Y, and Z, and then they'll actually say you know no goal due to you know, interference with a goaltender or whatever, or, you know, uh, due to his, his knee did touch the ground before the ball, you know, was jettisoned from his arm. So therefore, you know, down by contact, you know, to use an NFL ex- or just any yeah. type of football expression. Do we want basically, uh, a North Americanized version of this? 
like with VAR getting involved, or do we like this idea? And I am at least in this camp, at the very least, that we have a couple, one or two former pros that are watching each and every game that can basically say, you know, yes, that is that is a foul. That is not a foul. That is, you know, that's simulation. That's not simulation. All that sort of stuff, so that they can then mm-hmm. be able to relay that down to. The pitch down to where the referee is. Which of these work? Which of these don't? I don't know if I can go all American on <laughs> the Bundesliga because we'll not be chased out of town. Yeah, I wouldn't one. call it uh, go American. I would just say it's like when you look at most of the sports where they have VAR, you just have this type of communication, right? I would even I would even go further. Like for for the stadium, yes. For the stadium, you need to make a call. You need to explain why you're doing something. I don't. I don't even understand why they don't do this. You know, the referee can just access the mic to the stadium and says whatever X Y Z. This is a foul. This is a handball, or this was not a handball, or the foul was not strong enough, or whatever. What? Why? What is the problem with that transparency? I would, but I would even go further. And I actually watched. Uh, um, uh, a hockey team, uh, like a uh, like a field hockey match, and they even on TV at least they broadcast the whole discussions of the referees, right? So while you watch the game, yeah, they do that in rugby too, or in rugby too, yeah, which I think is totally cool. You know, like why keep everything secret? I don't get it. They should yeah. just be totally transparent. Um, have the conversations between the referee and uh, and and the linesman and. You know, and, and the, and everyone, <coughs> and in Cologne, have everything public. Like, what is the secret, the secrecy? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Only if you want to hide something. But if you don't want to hide anything, then, then broadcast it. And then everything will be easy. And the Agreed. important stuff that is relevant where, dis, where decisions are up, you know, broadcast that to the, to the guys in the stadium. It's super easy. Like, like rugby does it, like hockey does it. Like NFL does it. I mean, there's a reason why all these uh, sports do it. It's only soccer, uh, football, where where like European football, where everything is secret and private, and you know, and that's what 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 kills the game, and that's what killed it all the time. Because when we talk about corruption and shit, you know, like this, you know, that's how you kill corruption through transparency. You know, have them give exactly. reasons to their decision. Uh, for their decisions, you know, that's that's what, what I would recommend. And then everything is easier, because even if there's a wrong decision, we at least we know why it is wrong, right? The question, the weirdness right now is, we don't even know why, and nobody ever tells us why, you know? So we can only speculate, we can guess what are the reasons here and there, and that's what, what should quit, you know? We should know the referee didn't see a handball, therefore... That's not a handball, but he should put it out, right? And yeah, anyways, exactly. that's my rant. Roman's rant already yeah. said and done. Nathan, do you have really <laughs> anything to kind of add to it? Yeah, I mean, the only caveat that I add is that I feel like, especially the NFL and like Major League Baseball, tend to make theater out of the referee replay and i i don't really appreciate that at mm. per se so um as long as it's not like this little drama unto itself which can be if you if you're exposing it exposing their conversations between each other 
to the public. That's one thing. We don't see that even on the even in what I'm talking about, but it just like they have this whole pageantry of walking the official over to the camera and he's got to put on this special thing and do this, this, this whole thing. It's just like, I come on, just, just, just see it and tell us what's going on. We don't need this pageantry. So, but I mean, that's my perspective. I feel per, transparency is, is nice. Um, I, I don't even think it needs to be the ref that needs to say it. It just, they've, they've got a PA announcer that can do it just fine in, it doesn't have to be that oh, yeah. instant. Yeah. It could be two seconds later while the ball's going, you know, after the call's been made. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree with. I would what agree you say. to that too. I mean, it doesn't need to be the ref if they think it's easier. That I don't know that the guy in Cologne gives a short statement afterwards, you know, to the TV people, or even and then show it maybe on on the uh, without voice, but kind of show it on the um, on the video on the video wall, you know, like. Yeah, that would be totally fine with me. You know, like I could, I could. Yeah the the thing that I think of is uh, what the NHL does with um, player suspensions, which is a little a little different. But um, um, the way they do it with suspensions is that they 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 review it, you know, exhaustively, and then on social media they'll send out a video that will have somebody narrating what's going on and what happened and as a result of what happened what their call is and then you know what the what the fine is or the mm. suspension or whatever like they could do that in in cologne you know pretty easily on social media and then even if you were in the stadium you would get that so because everyone's got their phone with them or whatever but um yeah i mean there's there's ways that they can approve it i'm sure they talk about <laughs> it so hopefully they 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 <laughs> Like the like you said, the black indeed, box is indeed. what we don't Nathan, want. Just a funny a funny idea came to mind as you said. It's like because everyone has their f- the phone on in the stadium, and, and it just reminded me of this funny bit in Hot the movie Hot Fuzz. And if anyone hasn't seen it, they need to see it. It's like it's like I don't want to upset the apple cart. And then the guy responds back with, "Yes, because we all sell apples around here. Your old dad sells apples, Andy, and raspberries." <laughs> if anyone has not seen it it's on netflix so get off your butt and watch it after <laughs> listening to our podcast and conclusion so that's gonna wrap get up on Check your one. butt and watch yeah. it not off your butt <laughs> get off your butt turn on the tv put on hot fuzz then sit your butt happy butt back down and then kick it up and probably crack open a beer speaking of beer it's time to talk about Hashtag, what are we drinking? And gentlemen, we are going from west to east. Well, sort of east coast. <laughs> In this case, Roman, what are you doing? Got what it, are you guys. Drinking? I'm boring. I'm, I'm boring again. I feel really bad, but I'm back on water. Uh, not back on water. I'm still on water, so to say. <laughs> No one must be in uh, yeah. recovery. Still. But of course, we, we don't we don't support alcoholism. So I'm I'm proud. I'm a proud water drinker. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nathan, Brewmeister. Ooh. Um, I'm still uh, as the um, supporting of 
against being against alcoholism, I'm still finishing an eight pack of Schnickel Fritz <laughs> that I started a long time ago on this podcast. Oh, Schnickel Fritz, you know, you got, I mean, that would be if I had a Schnickel Fritz, I would definitely that that's that's what I would be doing. Well, yeah, it's a good a good yeah. pint of beer. Alrighty. What you got, Brian? Well, I was at Trader Joe's. They happen to have uh, Joseph's Brow happens to have their winter lager available. I'm drinking that. It's a lot better than their Oktoberfest. Their Oktoberfest was absolutely weak sauce. But anyways, uh, that being said, pretty good, pretty good <laughs> brew. All right. So we have a special. Wait a second. One, 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 one quick thing. Yes, so uh, what was this guy's name? Aaron, right? So he's in St. Louis and he brews. He makes. Oh, Epilogue. hell yeah. So what, 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 what's going on there? Um, uh, you know, I know as much as you, I haven't really talked to him since, uh, uh, we actually, I want to reach out to him, maybe get an interview with him. So he'll probably listen to this, but anyways, uh, he went to the Schalke game, which was a great experience, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. even for us watching it remotely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he, uh, brewed some, he's a home brewer too. We've kind of chatted about that a little bit. Um, and he had the itch to, to, you know, he bought and got some um, Postman here in oh, St. Louis, World, right? Um, but wasn't really happy with the quality of it. Uh, I think from I don't know it, it, it the travel probably lessens its uh, its quality. I'm sure in the time and temperature and stuff Sitting like that. Sitting in the warehouse too. Um, so yeah, he's yeah. So he's brewing his own. I, w- I want to know what he's doing. How did how did he do it? How is he pressing those apples? All these we things. Need to get him know. on the show. He needs to divulge his secrets, or at least give it just to us so that we can yes uh, well, enjoy know, like the make- process and consumption. There you go. There you go. Making making the apple wine is fairly easy, right? I mean, mm. like the, all you need is time, and that's it, and the, and the right equipment. Um, yeah, but uh, there would be yeah, it's. It'd be. I, I'm. I'm very interested to see the outcome. Yeah. Indeed. Same here. Well, that being said, we're gonna jump right into uh, nope. exiting uh, segment one. We're actually gonna go right to segment two, where we <laughs> have a tit, a uh, lovely interview with myself and Matt Herman from Talking Foosball, uh, talking a little bit more about Eintracht versus Hertha and just Hertha in general. And so next up will be our drawing for the women's shirt. So. Stay tuned. And now... As a little extra bonus as a part of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, we have uh, the host of one of the largest uh, Bundesliga podcasts in English language, the host of the Monday program, the main program, I should say, uh, that is Matt Herman. How are you, Matt? Hello. The podcast is Talking Foosball, by the way, because that didn't quite come out during your intro. But, you know, hopefully, if I've done anything right over the last few years, maybe, maybe people know that. I don't know. <laughs> Indeed. So, you as uh, hosting of uh, Talking Foosball, uh, it has been pretty prominently known for quite a long time that you are a Hertha Berlin fan. So, since your move back stateside, 
watching uh, Eintracht Frankfurt versus Hertha Berlin in Topspiel. A funny uh, choice for Topspiel, if you ask me, considering the ma- the matches of the weekend. Uh, Hertha Berlin won Eintracht Frankfurt nil. Paul Dardai. I keep on thinking that uh, that the team is just kind of going to have a one of those real breakthrough moments of the season. And how... Did we just witness it as uh, Hotha has now uh, won two matches on the bounce after having a little bit of a slip up in November? Yeah, I would love to think that that was their breakout uh, moment. I mean, it would be a really impro- it would be a really appropriate sort of breakout moment for Hertha in that it was not a super emphatic win, and it wasn't exactly a pretty win either. It was an effective win, and, and I was really satisfied by it. But that's not really what Hertha do. They don't really um, provide thundering entertainment, except when you look at breakout performances by, by individuals at times this season. And certainly this seemed to be the one that um, everyone was hoping to get out of uh, Marco Grujic. Indeed, the lone goal score in uh, the match, Eintracht Frankfurt nil, Hertha won. Uh, for Grich, he's uh, on loan uh, from Liverpool, if uh, memory serves. Uh, for him, and uh, this is something that uh, a lot of Bundesliga clubs have been experiencing, you know, uh, Premier League players uh, loaning out some of their guys who they don't think are just ready to make the grade at the Premier League level just yet. This is a kid who... Had looked at a bright shining star when he was with Partizan Belgrade, but so far in his uh, time with Hertha, what do, what do you make of him? He was a part of uh, kind of Serbia's run in the World Cup this past summer. But uh, what have you made of the only signing who uh, did kind of show up and uh, get you the three points this weekend? I think he is spectacular. I think that uh, when Pal Dardai described him, you know, obviously he spends a lot more time uh, with him than I do. He gets to see him in training. He gets to, you know, see what kind of a person he is. And I only ever get to see Marco Grujic on my television screen these days. Um, but I think Pal Dardai's assessment of him that um, he is the best pure midfielder that Hertha have had in 20 years might actually be true. Um, there, there's sort of been some debate in, in Hertha fan circles ever since um, uh, Dardai said that. Uh, Michel Preitz, uh, first of all, said, hmm, I'm not sure that was a very very smart thing to say, and I'm not even sure that it's true. And, uh, you know, Marcelino is a name that has come uh, out a lot in the, the days since that. Um, and, of course, that was sort of thrown right back in Pal Dardai's face, and he was like, well... Marcelino, he wasn't really a midfielder. He was an attacker who was sort of playing in that area of the field that happened to be called midfield. I know what he means. He means a two-way player who plays in the middle of the park, who has both defensive and offensive responsibilities, and who can do all of those things exceptionally well. Um, And when I think about it, although, you know, my really sort of active Hertha fandom probably only started about 12 years ago instead of 20 years ago. Um, I certainly can't think of anybody who, who can come anywhere close to him and, and what he does. Um, this is a guy who, both through his physicality, uh, just his pure size and speed, um, has a huge influence on a game. But he also is just, 
you know, so smart and canny about the game. He cuts off passing lanes and intercepts a lot of balls. He's able to play balls out of midfield, both out on the wing and sort of directly forward. He is also has an eye for goal. We've seen him not only score a goal in this game, but, you know, come close to scoring in other games. He seems to have a good sort of understanding with the players who play alongside him. Arna Meyer likes playing with him. Andre Duda likes playing with him. This I can't say enough good things about this player, and I'm I'm already incredibly worried that we are only going to get to see him, you know, for one season. I want another, and in fact, he hurt himself in training today in a, in a sort of collision with Vladimir Dorita, so he's going to miss the next three games before the winter break. But I don't even care. We've got three easy games coming up. Let's get him rested and uh, get him healthy for January. There's a couple of players that have. Uh... I have always kind of been very interested in uh, Marvin Plattenhard, but uh, one of the guys who is, I guess, one of your other uh, fullbacks, uh, the, uh, Lazaro, uh, this is the first time I had actually been able to see him, and I had heard him mentioned on yours and other Bundesliga podcasts previously. What uh, what kind of player was this guy that uh, Eintracht faced up against? Because uh, he seemed to be... Uh, the kind that I think is uh, destined for bigger and better things going in the future. Yeah, I definitely think so too. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether his ambitions and the ambitions of the club are able to sort of line up. Um, he came to Hertha from from Austria, um, and in that respect, is was a bit raw when he showed up. Um, but he basically caught on at the club really quickly. And it was just a matter of finding a role for him. I mean, in his first season, there was always a bit of a competition between him and uh, Mitchell Weiser in terms of who was going to play at fullback, who was going to play on right wing. Um, you know, given last season's absolute like belly flop in form from Mitchell Weiser, it was a great thing that we had a ready replacement for him uh, and a player who was sort of ready to take on a, a bigger role. And I've been hugely impressed with with Valentino Lazaro. I think he, you know, has become one of our most consistent performers. Oddly enough, you know, you mentioned Marvin Plattenhart in in, in your question and last season, uh, and really maybe even the season before, Marvin Plattenhart was uh, a, a serious consistent performer for Hertha and contributed a lot, both in terms of assistance, his free kick goals and so forth. And I think, you know, he has, in some ways, his place has become a bit more contested uh, at, at the left back spot. And Lazaro is now one of those players who I'm always surprised when he's not in the lineup because he's a really versatile player. He can play, you know, both you know going forward and in the back line. And he's one of those guys that I think Pal Dardai has learned that he just needs to make a place for him wherever he can because he's just, you know, super useful player. You know, uh, Gruich and uh, Lazaro kind of being two of the guys who've been uh, the big uh, contributing players to this season. Uh, let's get to uh, a little bit more of what uh, Hertha, because it seemed in the beginning of the season that Hertha was going to be maybe trying to do something a little different under Paladadai, but he's kind of gone back to his tried and true uh, tactics, which, you know, basically when it came to playing against Eintracht was, you know, make the players have to play from the wings. Not exactly the 
best of the uh, best of things when you're playing against the Eintracht. You know, uh, Rebic, Alea, Jovic, uh, those guys were just kind of almost non-factors, not really able to really kick them kick off per se. Um, what I mean. That being said, Paul Dada, he's been in charge for quite a long time in terms of, like, you know, uh, length of time uh, with Hertha. You know, Lucha Fav had a successful spell as well. But where where, where can Paul Dada take Hertha Berlin? Are they going to be a perennial, you know, top half uh, team and occasionally making the Europa League. I mean, there has been contributions uh, from investment outside investment previously. Um, where, where can Hertha go? Or is this more down to uh, kind of a bigger and greater kind of uh, problem of where Hertha can go from here with, you know, Olympics, uh, the playing at the Olympic Stadium in Berlin and needing their own individual home. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot in that question you just put there, but I think you kind of hit on on quite a few uh, of the sort of issues floating around in the air for Hertha. Um, you know, first of all, I think that Paldardai's um, Paldardai's ambitions are the right ones. He wants to be able to play a sort of um, you know proactive style of of football, and he wants to um, you know play in a way that um, you know fans are going to sort of be excited to go see the, the team. But I think he has been burned so many times in the past by the sort of sh- shortcomings or, or limitations of his squad that he has been quick at times to sort of revert to a much simpler and, and perhaps less attractive style of, of football. And and let's be honest also, I mean, he's he's had a reasonable amount of success with that fairly crude uh, style of, of football. And, and so it's it's easy to fall back on that, especially when you have had a somewhat injury-ridden um, season like you had this this year. I mean, for as well as things are going, and, and all in all, I really think things are going well and that, you know, we're still within touching distance of the European places that you can't really argue that things are going wrong. But, you know, lots of key players have had you know, pretty significant time off injured. I mean, Marco Grujic, as much as I love him and as much as, as he has been a factor in Hertha's success, whatever it's been this season, I mean, he's only played about half the games. Um, you know, the first choice center backs, which is to say Niklas Stark and uh, and uh, Karim Rekic are both hurt right now and have been in and out of the side. There was a lot of talk maybe at the beginning of the season playing those two guys alongside Jordan Turunariga in a 3-5-2 you know, they, they tried that, but injuries have sort of gotten in the way, and that didn't really work out. I mean, Javairo Dilrosen, who was also a big factor in the early success in the season, has spent some time hurt. Um, Vladimir Derrida was hurt at the beginning of the season, only is now is getting back into, into fitness. You know, Solomon Kalou has a, a, some sort of a cut on his foot and is going to be out for a few games. It's not been a season where Paldardai uh, has been able to get comfortable. Um, I think there have been some really positive signs, um, especially when it came to that you know early part of the season where you were seeing the emergence of players who hadn't played a big role in the past, players like Andre Duda, players, new guys like Dil Rosen and Grujic, as well as uh, Arne Meyer, who's playing his sort of first full season as a key contributor in the first team, that you could see that maybe there was something better coming for this club. Um, 
And I still think that there's a good chance that, that could come. But uh, it, it's not going to happen if you can't keep all those guys healthy. And it's not going to happen if you got to give Gruyich back to Liverpool at the end of the season, which I hope they don't. Um, taking a step back, looking at sort of more club politics stuff, and I think this does relate in a lot of ways to where the club can go in the coming years because a lot of it has to do with money, is Hertha do seem to have a plan in place to make themselves a bit more financially stable. I mean, it's a club that now is regularly turning a profit rather than you know posting losses, which is what they did for a very long time. They actually decided to um, buy out their strategic partner or their sort of loan partner, um, KKR, the uh, you know private equity firm, which put some money into them a few years ago. Mostly they did that not because they were unhappy with KKR, although it's a pretty problematic outfit if you look into what their, what their history is like. So I'm not exactly uh, unhappy to see them gone. But mostly the reason why they got um, KKR out was because they wanted to become a more attractive investment option for, for other investors. Um, I don't really know who they have sounded out for any of those things. Um, I, I suspect that what they're looking for is pretty deep-pocketed foreign investors. I'm not sure that really here to have enough of a profile within Germany to attract a top-line German company, which is to say, you know, a, a Volkswagen. They already have a club. You know, your your other car companies, many of them uh, already are committed to other clubs, energy companies. Um, so I suspect that they're probably looking for either uh, Asian or maybe North American partners. Um, one interesting thing that I've noticed is um, Hertha's kit sponsors, sleeve sponsors in recent years have generally been pretty uh, junky. <laughs> you know, internet betting <laughs> companies, uh, you know, discount retailers. Um, you know, the German, German Rail, not a, bad, not a bad thing to have. But their new sleeve sponsor is... Um, um, Hyundai or, or, you know, Hyundai, if you want to pronounce it that way. Um, so I would not be surprised if that was not a company that they have um, attempted to interest in becoming a bigger contributor to uh, to the club in some way or another. And I think that would be a great company to have involved with the club. It's always a good sign in my mind when you have uh, a, a football team who has a recognizable international brand on their shirt rather than some sort of, you know, Cracker Jack company from around the way. Um, and I think the stadium issue is also a really, really big one. If they can get this plan together and, and you know, signs are starting to point in the right direction that they can. Um, a lot of it had to do with Hertha's desire to build a stadium right next to the Olympia Stadium, which happens to be in the old Olympic Park from the 1936 Olympics. And it had, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, like heritage status or, or whatever. You couldn't just freely build on this land because it was city-owned land and it had a sort of a landmark protection. They're working with the city of Berlin to sort of loosen some of those restrictions, and it looks like they probably will be able to build a stadium next to the uh, Olympia Stadion. One that'll be there's more- enough room out there. No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I, I looked at it and I, I I've been there. Uh, a bunch of times and it seems to me that like there is ample room to build a stadium there and and especially if you get into some of the facilities there which are largely unused you know some of them like the the, the old um set of pools that they have or the uh, uh equestrian stadium which looks to be the one that might be at least somewhat altered in order to make room for this new stadium but yeah a stadium that's fifty thousand, fifty five thousand. 
um, is going to make an absolute world of difference versus an 80,000 seat stadium, which we never, ever can fill. And, you know, it's not that Hertha doesn't have enough fans because really, I think in general, Hertha have about forty to 50,000 committed fans. And there might be even a little bit more who would show up if there was any kind of like sort of push factor getting them to the games in terms of, of the, the, the risk of, of a game selling out. I mean, the, the present situation is that, you know, um, you know that unless Hertha are playing Bayern and to a lesser extent Dortmund and Schalke, the game is never going to sell out. So if, if it's a cold night and, you know, it's often a cold night in, in winter or a rainy night, there's been many times where I thought I was going to go to a Hertha game and then I was like, eh, maybe not. It's, it's just a bit too crappy out. I don't, I don't fancy it. And so, what you're saying is, all we need is Union to get promoted, and voila, at least one more match, uh, one more empty stadium issue, uh, <laughs> issue for Hertha solved. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, and I think that's that's an interesting that you brought up Union, because apparently, um, even though Union Stadium is is sort of comparatively um, out in the boonies, I mean, I, I know that that. You know, if you want to look at a map of Berlin, um, the Olympia, the Olympia Stadion is not really that much further west than than the Alte Försterei is east. Um, it's just that area of town, you know, like Köpenick, is just not a particularly desirable one in in sort of real estate terms. So mm-hmm. when it came to Union getting permission to, you know, basically buy some land that the city owned. The city was very willing to cut them a very good deal, um, and and you know, it's it's not really apples to apples because you know land in the uh, old Olympic Park, both for landmark reasons and for just property value reasons, it's it's a lot. You know, you, you wouldn't want to cut hair to the exact same deal that you cut uh, Union, but the fact that the city was flexible and and wanted to sort of facilitate Union's plans to uh, you know renovate, expand their their sort of entire stadium area and and was helpful to them. I think Hertha are very much justified in in going to the city and saying, well. I, I would like you to show us the same kind of you know consideration that you showed to Union, even though the situation in, in a lot of ways is different. Indeed, indeed. Well, that kind of wraps up our discussion on Eintracht versus Hertha and Hertha Berlin as a greater entity. We would be remiss, uh, Matt, if we did not part ways today. And thank you for joining uh, Hey Eintracht Frankfurt uh, to talk about Hertha and the Eintracht Frankfurt-Hertha match that just uh, played on. But the 2018-2019 Bundesliga season has been fraught with uh, surprises and shocks, needless to say. Uh, It is... 14 matches in, but uh, can we get a prediction from you for who's going to be filling in the f- the seven spaces that matter the most? That's the four at the top. And, uh, of course, with the crowning jewel of the the team that will hoist the Meisterschale. And who are the three teams who are going to be uh, crying into their beers come the end of the season? You know, I think that the table as it stands right now is actually pretty close to where it's going to end up. I, I do think Thornton... Dortmund are going to win the league. Uh, I do think that uh, at least I think Bayern and Leipzig are, are pretty strong favorites in my mind to join them in the Champions League. I'm a little bit less certain about Gladbach, and maybe that just has to do with you know my suspicion about um, 
whether they can sustain this form that they're on. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it in the, in the Champions League as well. Um, and I actually think that the, the, the teams in the relegation zone, uh, at least the, th- the four that are at the bottom, because I'm not sure that Stuttgart aren't going to uh, pull this out and get past Nuremberg. Uh, but I, I definitely think uh, Dusseldorf and Hanover are, are the two worst teams in the league and are going to go down. And uh, I guess I'll go with I guess I'll go with Nuremberg uh, joining them. Alrighty, well you heard it here, folks. Well, it's fourteen matches in that we got the actual predictions. But Matt, uh, where can we find you in the social media uh, landscape, and uh, what projects can we bring attention to? Well, well, well. Um, at the moment, I, I basically my biggest project is uh, talking foosball and trying to sort of um, continue and grow that podcast. I mean, we have been um, trying to add new elements uh, over the last season or two. We have, of course, have the the fantasy podcast, which is is going great guns, especially for the people who are really committed fantasy players and fans. I think it's a really great way to engage with with the league, uh, as well as um, the return of, of of talking foosball extra, which is a a thing added on to uh, the offerings uh, to, to sorry, which is a thing added onto the offerings of the podcast uh, via Patreon. So anybody who, who subscribes uh, to our uh, Patreon program gets that extra show every other week. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Matt Herman. And um, yeah, I'm always happy to engage and uh, have, have interesting conversations over there. It, it, and, and I'm glad to come on your podcast. I, I've, you know, I've done it before and I always have fun. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad when you asked me. Well, you really appreciate it, Matt. And uh, where can we find you in the, the Twitter landscape and the social media landscape? At Mr. Matt Herman. That's where you find All right. Me. Give him a follow. Give Talking Foosball a listen. And if you are so willing... Just like hit the podcast, Hey, on Track Frankfurt, uh, throw a few bucks uh, over to their way and uh, get some extra additional content. And you get to lead the way in terms of the way that the content is done. Matt, thank you very much for joining the podcast again. My pleasure. And we'd like to thank Matt Herburn for that segment uh, with Hey on Trek Frankfurt. It's not, hey, folks, we talked last episode about having a special drawing for a women's medium shirt. Guess what? It's that time again. So, uh, again, I got my Eintracht Frankfurt hat. My wife is going to do the, the honors of pulling the name out. If uh, <laughs> the dog can just... If the dog will just stop trying to buy the hat. Ha! <laughs> All righty. Thank you, my dear. <laughs> Margaret Chesty, you are the winner Woo-hoo! of the Eintracht Frankfurt shirt. So we will be getting in contact with you. Uh, she got in contact with Hey Eintracht Frankfurt for this contest from yeah. for emailing us at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt at yahoo.com. So, boys, time for our news and notes segment of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, as uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fans traveling to Rome, but let's get to 
what is uh, a rather interesting uh, news bulletin that has kind of crossed our way. Um, as everyone knows that Eintracht Frankfurt is going to be partaking in, this January in the Florida Cup. So um, this actually came from uh, Tampa Bay that uh, Kid has won the honors to uh, a Mason Judge has won the honors to take part with Eintracht Frankfurt in their training at the Florida Cup this uh, this January and. This is kind of cool that, you know, this 16-year-old kid has now, I guess, been brought track. He's going to be, he has signed, originally signed with Eintracht Frankfurt's uh, U17 side, and he will be able to make an appearance in front of his home crowd. And this is going to be happening uh, in Tampa, as he is a Tampa native, and this whilst Eintracht is taking part in the Florida Cup. Other participants yeah. in the Florida Cup are Ajax from the Netherlands, currently looking like, as we record, that they could beat Bayern and win their Champions League group. Hey, get on them. And Brazilian clubs of Sao Paulo and Flamengo. So pretty cool uh, that he's able to actually travel over uh, then to Germany as a part of the Eintracht uh, because he's able to make his move be before his 18th birthday because his uh, one of his parents owns a British passport. And so it's exciting times for this Eintracht youngster and possibly another American to make a, yeah. his appearance for the Eintracht wearing the Adler on his chest. Exciting times, boys. This is exactly what we were talking about when they announced the opening of the Academy in Michigan, weren't we? I mean, this is this is... How yeah. Bundesliga clubs are going to kind of make their inroads into the United States audience. And, you know, this is just exhibit A of how Eintracht is doing their best to grow themselves in within the West, not just in the United States, but within the Western Hemisphere as a whole. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Um, it's good. It's good to see him. And it, it'll be fun to, to hear everyone's... Um, you know feelings about how he how he is going to play in this tournament uh, before he heads over to to I mean, Germany. Fun times indeed. Uh, not so much fun times for Hagata. Uh, there's rumors of him going <laughs> back to Sweden. His agent rumors. denies it. Uh, Ike uh, Stockholm A I K in Stockholm was the club that he was supposedly linked to club with actual money i think it's mostly down to the fact that uh, not just being in stockholm but they're playing at uh the big national team arena that's there i mean guys there's no reason for us to spend much more other than can you leave now rather than later <laughs> yeah which is kind of sad right i mean i i you know like as weird as it sounds so especially after the last game with hatta you know why not switch one of those guys out, you know? So, I mean, why not? You know? So it's not, I think we do need another striker, as weird as it sounds. Maybe a young gun, maybe a potential, obviously, Hagoda doesn't have any potential uh, or no long-time future. But, you know, why not put in another option like a young gun or something, or maybe even give Hagoda the chance from time to time. But like, let's put it this way, at the Hertha game, I would not have minded if, you know, he, uh, he, if, if Adiota would have said, okay, let's take Ribic off or even Haller and just do Hagota, you know, and just even to try or, yeah. I don't know. 
Um, but we need something. But I mean, for him, if he, if he, I hope he, he, he's smart enough that he leaves the club, um, because it's just a waste of time for his career, right? So, um, he's what, 25? Yeah. He's been languishing within the Eintracht's roster for quite some time now. He, yeah, it's what, crazy. When do you just say, screw it? I need to go elsewhere. I need to do something else with my life. Well, ask uh, Sebastian Rode, ask uh, <laughs> uh, Sebastian Jung, you know, all these players can that get go stuck. out to the big clubs. <laughs> not the, yeah, or not the least bit sore on that subject. <laughs> you know, it's always a smart thing. But it's even like, uh, yeah, so that's always the, the big question. And look at uh, in Hamburg now, the what's the Fita Ab, you know, the striker there who hasn't been, who hasn't, uh, shot a goal for the past year. He's going to go to Bayern next year. Like, what do you think is going to happen there? Nothing. That's you know, if that deal still holds. Exactly. I don't even know if that should even hold water. I wouldn't rate it myself, at least with Vita. But I mean, I can't. I can hardly believe anything that happens with Bayern anymore. But let's uh, yeah. <laughs> let's kind of roll some stuff out there. Some other interesting news. Uh, so we reported last week that Chico. Haraldes uh, looked like he was going to be returning to Sporting Lisbon. Uh, good riddance, because uh, you know it's, nothing's been done, nothing's happened, nothing will. Yes. At the end of the day, get lost. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, man, I yeah. sound mean. It's good for I, everyone, folks, I think. In I this case, I am not normally like this. I'm usually a loving, considerate person, but it's one of these moments that I'm just like, dude. GTFO. <laughs> He's been nothing but injured this entire time, so um, he hasn't had any chance to to show up here. So it's a similar, almost similar situation to Paciencia, but he is uh, round in the corner and might have some showings if uh, things continue the way they go. So. As opposed to Hergota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't. He, yeah, it's also the question, you know, do we see a future? I mean, they don't always have to play right from the get go, right? But like, do we see sure. a future with him or not? And with Hergota, like, we don't, right? Because, like, yeah, I don't know. I agree. Some, some people should just make smarter decisions earlier. Yeah, and it, about Chico Horaldes, like, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly the backdoor conversations obviously but clearly they don't think he fits or he has a strong desire to I think to it be was back a in portugal like at least with maybe a little scattergun technique and they thought you know he could be another one just like that and they thought you know if two out of three turn out to be to work out then hey good on you but you know i gotta it's i true. mean Hit everything for him has just been falling to pieces ever since he made his move. You know, his his first year with us uh, after his move from Gladbach, he had that good run in like late fall and into early spring, and then he just tailed off. And ever since then, yeah. I mean, he's just been left wanting, well, let's see, uh, four minutes a season? Yeah, he's... I mean, that's not... That is not much to be said at all, and 
Granted, he also came off the bench uh, to get those minutes during the Dusseldorf game. So that kind of shows you kind of yeah. what's been going on with him. You know, at age 25, it's going to be, what, 26 in January, I think it is. I mean, uh, just go. Sounds so mean, but it's just like, all right, bud, time to go. Yeah, it's probably better for him, and he's pretty snake bit here, but better for both him and Geraldes to probably move to better pastures. It's not that we didn't try. Well, Geraldes, it kind of sucks that, you know, the injury stuff has happened, but the thing is, he's on loan, not a permanent signing, and I know that with Hergada that the yep. issue of getting him off the books was the fact that no second division team was willing to kind of fork out the money that will be needed to bring him on in terms of his wages, which kind of makes you think we don't, the Svital Liga should be paying a little bit better, but ah, well, what can you do? <laughs> Can't really dictate that, but <laughs> generally let's wrap up segment two here, and we can talk about in segment three, our match with Lazio and uh, say adieu to this episode. So stay with And here we are, back for ep- for segment three of Hey, I'm Jack Frankfurt. It is time to talk about our Europa League match. We have already won the group uh, going top, so we have that top finishing bonus. I guess all that we can do is win in front of the yeah. traveling away contingent uh, that are going to Rome. Uh, yeah. Here's hoping that no one gets in trouble in the meantime. Uh, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, you know, uh, stuff happens uh, in Rome. Uh, let's take a little look. Uh, we had... What happens in Rome stays in Rome. Yeah, the this team is not exact... Both teams know exactly where they're going to finish yeah. in it all. I'd love to have the Eintracht rotate the shit out of this roster. Everyone be focused on playing against Leverkusen at the weekend on Sunday. You know, for anyone in the United States, uh, streaming options are available uh, from the BR Live app. Or just uh, from BR Live for short for Bleacher Report. (laughs) (sighs) Now that they have had that free uh, publicity from us, uh, (laughs) you know, contributions are available contributions can be made available just reach out to us on our various social platforms facebook uh, facebook.com slash hef pod uh, hey on track for at yahoo.com or tweet us at hef pod but that all aside uh i tracked versus lazio we had circled this down once we found out that uh, we won't be able to travel to marseille as the big traveling you know date on the european calendar and goodness boys we are in a uh Interesting setup. We did not think that at this point in time we would have five matches playing in the Europa League. Five wins, so that's 15 points. All that we can play for is play in front of the fans, give them a great night out in Rome, 
And I guess win. What is it? Uh, half a million euros if uh, for the winning bonus. <laughs> which I mean, we're not mines who are des- who are desperately short at cash here. Uh-huh. <laughs> but and who are thinking? Oh yeah, we're already knocked out. We can't make it to the knockout round, but. Hey, we should probably beat this yeah. team because we can earn some money and we can kind of use it. Also, to be able to travel and you know, perform well. Now, uh, Lazio in their previous two home matches have won them two uh, one over Limassol, two one over Marseille, and combined attendance. I am not joking with you. Combined attendance, 27,000. <laughs> we could bring that many fans, and yet they wanted to live yeah. with us and take the sales. Let's I see. Mean, come on. Look, it might see. be a reserve team showing up, but it's the Eintracht. It's the Eintracht in the Stadio Olimpico. One of the most famous stadiums in you know, European sport, not just European football, because they have hosted for European uh, cl- uh, club competition finals, in addition to the most recent uh, one in 2009, you know, and it hosts the final of the Italian Cup every year, uh, hosted the final, which uh, Germany defeated, what was that, Argentina? Uh, Roman, help me out on who won the... Uh, who scored that goal? Because I know it was one nothing, uh, but I couldn't remember who scored it. This is a very famous stadium, very famous stadium, and the Eintracht is going down there, plenty of room, and yet they want to limit the amount of people who want to go there. Oh yeah, uh, 1960 Olympics as well. This is a very famous stadium. People want to visit it to be able to check that check that off their box. Roman, what's the international uh, Eintracht Frank? Eintracht International. Uh, what are the sites that they talk about traveling to in the song? Well, uh, oh, you mean the Rome, Mailand, or the London? Yeah. Ah, Rome, Mailand, mm-hmm. Milano, London, Moscow. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Moscow, Vienna, or Athens. Ah. All uh, places yeah. worth visiting. And we get to visit but one of those places. Yeah. Or, yeah, the, the other one is like, uh, oh, yeah. what's the other one? It's like, erste Runde Brunpi, like first round to Brunpi, second okay. round Vienna, uh, and then we free Saddam Hussein. I think we talked about, we, we, uh, we talked about this off, off, off the record at some point. <laughs> um, that famous chant. Bologna, after Rotterdam. To Bologna or Naples. Ah, uh, so yes. Be, Speaking of Naples, yeah. they've also dropped into the Europa League, but uh, we can kind of get into that before we start making our predictions. So, well, might as well start seeing what we think is going to happen in this match. Um, of our starting 11, that was against Hertha Berlin. Who who are you expecting to actually be on the pitch in the starting 11? Nathan. Ooh. Well, we already know um, who's going to be between hope, the like sticks. Said, and Rule now is going to be doing that. At least. Yeah, yeah. I hope that they're focusing on Leverkusen. Uh, in my opinion, so um, that being said, you know, I hope that they 
Perhaps maybe give Hasebe a, a, a break. Put Ross in there. Maybe this game. Yeah. Maybe maybe put something Follett like that. Put in there. Put um, to work. Yeah, and then... You're still paying him. Yeah, and perhaps, I don't know, give DaCosta a break. I don't think he has had one since, since the beginning of the season. Yeah, he hasn't. And, and, and something up front. I don't know exactly what, but... Um, yeah, this should this game should be a little bit of a cycling. The the guys that don't get to play, you know, a lot, for for whatever reason here or there, Marco Fabian is uh, languishing. He might, you know, he 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 might uh, light it up. So Salcedo is not playing right because he's not registered for UEFA. Correct, correct. He was yeah. still injured, and they had no idea if he would be back in time. Yeah, but they that, didn't. But, they, that, uh, but for the uh, for the round of uh, thirty two. They can um, they can add him again, right? I think they can correct in this in the spring. Uh, I think the registration date. I think that's in like February. I think I saw that. No, uh, well, the it starts again in February, so more than likely uh, they'll have to be registered by I guess the the January transfer window cutoff time. So, yeah. but that being said. So that kind of makes things a little more difficult for the squad planning. Definitely, the defense. definitely. Uh, yeah. Speaking of planning, uh, so and I'm wholeheartedly for a full t- uh, squad rotation. Let guys who probably could use a little moment in the sun to uh, be shown the exit door. <laughs> God. I, Nobody and, else need to give them yeah. a little bit of practice time, right? Yeah, like a little exactly. Bit of time, right? Re- yeah, exactly. Because we need options, so especially much. for a game like Hertha. You need options, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. But well, yeah. before we get to our predictions, boys, let's get a little salve a little bit. So teams that Eintracht could possibly show up against. So they have, uh, let's see, uh, six of the eight teams selected. Uh, from the Champions League, the third place teams have already kind of been finalized. Some of the teams that we could be playing, we could play Napoli. Uh, so we could go to Naples. We could go to Milan to play Inter Milan. We could go to Br- Bruges. Uh, if anyone's seen the movie In Bruges, uh, some people will like it, some people won't. <laughs> that all being said, uh, Valencia. Oh, sounds warm and comfortable Galatasaray their fans are a little bit uh, fanatical but Istanbul I'm pretty sure will be a good fun trip and then we can uh, head back to Portugal if we play Benfica Uh, obviously other places uh, that we can go uh, from the Europa League Fenerbahce from Istanbul Uh, Sporting uh, the the other team from Lisbon Uh, perhaps Against uh, Zurich, so not too far of a trip, and Real Betis. Those are the kind of teams that we are looking at right now to be facing up against. And if I gotta be brutally honest, I want to take on Bruges because then short trip, yeah, not a lot of travel time, yeah, easier for the fans to get to, and round sixteen, bring on the money. Yeah, yeah, I, I, but, I agree. Yeah, why not Brugge? Brugge is always nice. No, I would take Zurich. I mean, I'm sure Zurich as a city is just fine, but it's kind of cool that uh, just, I think it was two or three years ago, they were relegated from the Swiss top flight. You got to think. I mean, there's not many teams in the Swiss top division, and there's not many 
big teams. I mean, you got the Zurich clubs, you have yeah. Basel, you have Young Boys, and about it that I even have heard of. Uh, there's a team from like Liechtenstein that occasionally plays in there, but that's only because they're weird like that. <laughs> but you know, Zurich would be another really close trip. I mean. You could bring probably 15, 20,000 fans to play Napoli and Milan because they have the stadium size for it. I mm. mean, in theory, but hey, let's start dreaming of European <laughs> trips in the spring, shall we? Boys, prediction time, and we'll wrap things up. Uh, Roman, what do you got prediction against the Lazio, against the team that we already beat at home? And in thrilling fashion, of which you saw in person. Yeah, well, Lazio, that's going to be a good game. As we say, it's going to be probably the B team uh, and uh, and for Lazio, but it's not going to count. But yeah, the atmosphere, atmosphere is going to be great. I think they all want to play. They all want to show what they're doing, what they're capable of. Frankfurt in Europe is just unbeatable. That's why I'll go for a quick and dirty 2-1 win. So 1-2 to two for Frankfurt. Boom. Nathan. Well, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair oh, on no. both sides. Serving serving up uh, B squads all around. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to say one to nothing. Uh, oh, Frankfurt. wow. Wow. Uh, Roman, <laughs> you are there. <laughs> hey, they, they lost against... Uh, I mean, no, they, I know that they probably brought out their C squad, but they lost against uh, Limassol, so... <laughs> That is true. Yeah. So Two to since, nothing. I mean, to kind of point out to like Lazio's struggles of late. Um, so they, in the league, they have not won in their last four matches. They have also, in that time span, have lost to Apollon Limassol. I don't see anything that would mean that they are going to beat Di Eintracht. But I also think that uh, there might not be as much continuity as we would like because Eintracht's going to mm-hmm. rotate their roster so heavily that the guys are going to be like, hi, we practice together, but we're not used to playing together. <laughs> and I think that it might be a 1-1 draw on this one. And I am perfectly fine with that. Just saying I am perfectly fine yeah. with a 1-1 draw. Take it. Take it. Take the bonus money that comes with just having a draw in the competition because you don't get any money if you lose. You get yeah. money if you win. You get less money if you draw. But all that aside, I track through. And uh, yeah, that wraps up this episode of Hey, I Track Frankfurt, episode 71. Woo! Ta-da! Yeah! Impressive that we have lasted so far. And someone hasn't shut us down and just said, you boys had too much fun. Well, <laughs> you get involved with the conversation with the show. You can like us on Facebook. That is www.facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod. Uh, we drop information on there uh, in the English language about the Eintracht. A new episode drops as well, in addition to uh, various articles we find in the English language covering the Eintracht. So, you can also follow the show on Twitter. That is at, that is at H-E-F-Pod. Also, ways to kind of follow the show. You can email us at heyeintrackfrankford at yahoo.com. You can also rate us on wherever you listen to podcasts. So, whether exactly. you're listening we on SoundCloud, whether you're listening on iTunes, 
yes, it does help us. It does help other Bundesliga fans find us. And that being said, if you are an Eintracht Frankfurt fan, say you're in the city of, a, I don't know, Detroit, and you have run into a fan of the Bundesliga who has not found themselves a Bundesliga club to support, talk to them. <laughs> Make them listen to reason, so to speak. Yeah. And have them listen to us, and then they'll realize it's just a couple of guys drinking some beers, talking about football, or some some people drinking water, yeah. in this case, <laughs> and uh, just having a good old time. So, like like the content that we have, give us a, give us a review, leave us some comments, and hey, you might even be drawn in another drawing for some more Swag. merchandise from yeah. the Eintracht. Roman, I think we have some more stuff. We still have we'll some more stuff. Keep yeah. that of, we'll, we'll have that a little further down the road. Uh, yeah. Pointing on doing a podcast, yes, uh, before the new year, uh, kind of reviewing the first 17 matches of the Eintracht season. It's going to be a fun one on that, but that is to come. So, from a uh, gentleman, where can we find you guys in the social media uh, landscape? Nowhere, no. <laughs> you, you'll find you, Brian. You got to say name, you know. So, but anyway, so I'll, I'll start. So you'll find me on Twitter. Someone's, someone just takes. Hey, someone take the lead. Then Twitter is SF Bay Eagles. That's where you can find me. And I'm flying to Germany uh, this week oh, for nice. Christmas. I'll be in Hamburg in January, so I'll be out a while. I mean, th- we have to coordinate somehow uh, to get this done. Yeah. Christmas market. Yeah, I think I'll be in time because Christmas markets, they stop before Christmas, as weird as it sounds. But usually they close like uh, the Sunday before Christmas. Uh, so huh. I might get the chance to, uh, to, Ooh, to for one or year. two Heise Epple. Um, but uh, yeah, so maybe Ooh, if, have yeah, fun. reach out to us, to me, if maybe you, you want to meet at some point, you know, or um, we actually want to do some more of these uh, user stories, right? Um, yeah, that'd you be know, great. If you want to share your Eintracht story, we can pre-record them and air them uh, live here as well. And uh, yeah, so, but on Twitter, you can reach to me. And Nathan you can find me. I'm not doing anything interesting in the <laughs> between now and Christmas, but uh, you can find me at N A J A K W A. And you can find me, listeners, uh, K C S G E. You can also find me in the physical sense at KC Beer Company, watching the Eintracht every Saturday when we do play on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, you can find me at Strange Days Brewing. So. Two two beer halls that are good in the Kansas City area. Who, uh, yeah. if you guys are listening, uh, come talk to us. We'll hash out uh, an official plan. That being said, going forward, uh, thank you for listening to episode seventy-one of Hey, I'm Chuck Frankfurt. Uh, here's hoping for a good result against the Lazio. And until then, cheers. Deutsche Bundesliga. Deutsche Bundesliga. SKE. Cheers. Had to put that in. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, sha la 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 la. Hey,